0: expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the
1: story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning, America. Tuesday morning, nine oh five. That means it's another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour radio program on ninety-nine point nine Smoking, ninety-nine point nine, and non-smoking thirteen eighty AM since nineteen fifty-four. Also, we have a big congratulations this morning. A PSA that I caught off the uh, Facebook. Uh, one of my favorite cousins. Congratulations, teacher Mr. Richard Martin, after a 50-year teaching career in English. Uh, Hartford Current did a front-page story on him this morning, and Facebook uh, Barrevoe. At 24 years old, he started teaching at Barrevoe, retired from Barrevoe as teacher of the year twice, the only teacher in Barrevoe's history, and then continued. A 22-year career at Killingley High School in nearby Connecticut. Also found the time to coach the girls' basketball and volleyball teams, uh, championships, married to wife Dale for 49 years, and one son, one daughter, uh, author of two books, and numerous writing articles for all the papers in Rhode Island. Congratulations on a great career. Uh, My first cousin, Mr. Richard Martin from Gloucester, Rhode Island, retiring out of Killingly High with a 50-year career in teaching. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is Wayne W N R I at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. Happy birthday today on five three 22. Jimmy Hebert turns thirty one. Paul A. Roselli from the uh, conservation up in Baravel. Uh, he has a big birthday today. Daniel Wesson from Monson, Mass. Tunes in every week on TuneIn Radio. And uh, congratulations today, WNRI. 68 years on the airways. Almost as much as Winnie over in Putnam with uh, 69 years with Gary O. But uh, also on 5-4. A special birthday to Eric Young, former employee. Of mine turns 52. Uh, Dylan, a struggle, turns 30. 5-5, uh, Peter Larravee, an author who's been on the Author's Hour. And a big happy anniversary tomorrow. I didn't forget my beautiful wife, Susan Porcat Barber. 54 wonderful years on Wednesday, 5-4, 2022. Got married in 1968. Um, Let me see here. The Sistine Chapel wasn't available, so I settled for St. Anne's right here in Woonsocket and got married by uh, Father Tremblay with my sister Kathy uh, as uh, standing up and the late best man Butch Millette, right here in Woonsocket 54 years ago right here in Woonsocket. Authorshourbookstore.com New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI, at yahoo.com for any locator service or a closed out book. Again, it's the new Authors Hour Bookstore.com. Over 400 books on file out of a 2,000-book inventory. Uh, Send me a message at com. We'll get it dropped off right to your door. And don't forget, this weekend is Mother's Day. Snuck right up on you. And Be Flowers, located at 665 Diamond Hill Road, Flowers Last Longer. From a florist. And boy have they got the spring assortments for you. They've got hangers over there already now. Cheetah tomatoes. If you can't decide with all the variety that they have. Why not a gift certificate from Belu's Flowers and Gift Shop. Or uh, buy at yesterday's prices. They got a couple of trailers in of those Canadian wood pellets at the old price. You know, diesel fuel and transportation with the convoy strikes, that very, very sharp buy is over there. Be Loose Flowers in Gift Shop, 401-766-3165. On the line right now, we have our first author of the day, Ithiana, Last Daughter of Atlantis, book number one, How the World Ended Millennia Ago. And the author is Don Edward Cook. Good morning, Don. How are you?
0: Good morning and thanks for having me
1: on your show today. Fantastic. Thank you very much for being so punctual. Let me give a little yeah. synopsis of the book. Does your world oh. need a reboot? A powerful breakthrough oh, okay. thriller okay. set in Noah's Biblical Times offers a warning for today's world. And what oh, a morning. break this is. She, uh, Don Cook plunges all the readers into a layered world of science and religion in this intricate first installment in the last of the Atlanteans series. It's his premier book in this. Why this book? Why the
0: book? Yeah. Yep, well, first of all, it's, this book actually started out life as a short film. And when I wrote this, sh- when I made the short film, I thought it would be more, a more a good calling card to help me get into the film industry. But apparently, it didn't work out that way. And but thanks to my father's urgent pleading with me to make this book into something—I mean, not—I mean, not not the book. I mean, the uh, short film into something bigger. Uh, and after watching world events unfold, or rather unravel, I got the inspiration from from the, the the current events of the times over the last 10, 15 years, 10, whatever, how long it was. And I also saw that people need something that they can relate to that is different from what's out there today. And so what I took did was if take the world that we know that we've known for several decades and well Atlantianize it and realizing that we were in trouble I decided to write this book and I also used as the basic premise Matthew 24 37 which says for as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be before the coming of the Son of Man and so I just took what I knew of Atlantis and the science behind the creationist story about the flood and after a few rewrites, Ithiana Last daughter of Atlantis was born
1: Now, you did the timing on this perfect uh, with the current trends around the world and what sells in cinema and what doesn't in your trends in science fiction thrillers, is why Judeo-Christian ones are very popular. Do you agree with this statement?
0: Well, I I believe it because uh, a lot. Of, but you know, most people are looking for some some angle on the their own angle on uh, the Tim LaHaye, Jerry Jenkins Left Behind series. I'm going in the opposite direction of time still with a cautionary tale about our world today, with an Atlantis that is either on par with us technologically or ultra-advanced several centuries ahead of us, but in terms of the way people are sociologically, they could easily pass for us in terms of behaviors, and that even though I didn't see every issue coming down the pike when I had the final draft of on the Last Star of Atlantis written like I'll, I'll be honest I did not foresee the COVID crisis coming but because the book was just finished just before it got really really serious but other things like I refer to the Atlantean version of stock market crashes or as I call them in the book share market crash because shares are, are another word for stock right So share market crashes, a war with a belligerent bad boy power, or in the case, the bad girl power called Lemuria, and political instability instigated by conspiracy, by conspiracies and plots. Um,
1: What writers inspired you before you wrote this book? If you were going to a bookstore a bookstore or going to a library, what section would you go to first?
0: Well if I was to go to a, if I was to go to a section that it would it'd be a toss-up between the aviation section that is military aircraft and science fiction. So
1: that's what makes you tick.
0: Yes. Science fiction, because science fiction, with science fiction, you can say plenty of things in science fiction that you just can't say in other genres. Yep, that's true. Rod Serling knew this. Gene Roddenberry knew this. Jonathan Swift, the the man who wrote *Gulliver's Travels*, knew this, and they exploited that fact.
1: I got another question here, and. Uh it's concerning about the spacecraft in relation to Noah's Ark. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
0: Well, because Atlantis has, in mythology, it been reputed to be an an, an ultra advanced society. I decided to go to go to go full out and just make it whatever kind of advanced society I wanted to be. But in contrast to Noah's much simpler built ark, made of wood, only hundreds of feet long, scores of feet wide, and scores of feet high. Noah's much simpler plan. That's That's a good contrast, Wayne, because, you see, God relied on faith, and God knew that he wanted to build Have Noah build the ark so that it could withstand the rigors of the flood. So that when the flood was over and the waters receded, it would settle down somewhere and Noah and and his family and all the animals could disembark. But I decided to have my scientist leaning, my aliens, my Atlantean scientist, sorry, leaning on her understanding of science. And there's the major flaw in, this, in the tragic heroine that is at Ithiana.
1: Now, you state in this, this is book number one. Uh, are you planning a trilogy on this? And how do you go about setting your characters to make sure you don't burn out the information on those characters too early in the series? Well,
0: what I've done, what I decided to do was when it came to Ithiana, I have her going on a correctional journey at starting at the end of Ithiana book one. And I I thought about this and I thought, well, why not use, do what they did with Kung Fu, the old TV series from the 1970s and having flashback segments. And as far as burning out the character I will always have the character undergo a change because she learns something, but she needs to be worn down because she's a tough cookie. And the tougher the cookie, the more per- the more that person needs to be worn down. But they can be worn down. All humans have their breaking point.
1: I love the map early in part of the book, the way you've got it laid out with the map and stuff like that. That's really, really interesting. Okay. And I see you went with freezing a press on that out of Canada. And it looks yeah. like this book was first released in 2020, a couple of years ago. Now, before yeah. the pandemic, did you get a chance to get out there with any book signings or library events or anything like that?
0: Uh, no, I'm afraid I did not. If if I had the finances and the resources, I would have gladly taken myself on the road, signed whatever books were presented to me and meet, I would have met and greeted the people and elaborated and ask, answered questions and even posed a question or two to the readers to challenge their thinking.
1: Yeah, that's a good start. That is a good move. Uh, what are some of the most interesting emails or comments that you've got about this book since it's been released?
0: Well, surprisingly, Wayne, I haven't got any real emails, but I have gotten good reviews Okay, and they said it's an eclectic, entertaining story—a unique take on the flood. So it's a matter of the uniqueness, and that's what I'm what that's what I was aiming at—a unique take because I tend to do things differently from most people, and, and I even developed the saying: "Do what only you can do, like nobody else can do."
1: Hmm. interesting. How big was the edit yeah. on this? I know you're going to be going with a trilogy or more copies of it. How, how big was that edit? Did you start with 600, 700 pages and trim it down?
0: Well, I started probably started with 320 pages, then I trimmed it down, and I polished it as best as I could. Then I gave it to a developmental editor and a copy editor and a proofreader and... And then eventually, I had to go for a post pub revision, and thankfully, I was able to do all. I, I was able to do the post pub revision edit to make sure that all the spelling mistakes, all the grammar mistakes, were corrected, and that was it. Would make it an easier enough read for people to follow along.
1: Now, Freezen uh, Press, is that a publisher that specializes in a, sci-fi?
0: It's, uh, it's uh, an assisted self-publishing company, and it's a subsidiary of Friesen Okay. publishers.
1: Okay. So they can get it out through the warehousing system throughout the country to all the stores around that, and it's available on the Amazon, Ian Barnes and Barnes & Noble, and so forth?
0: Yeah, it's available on Amazon... Amazon, uh, Apple, Barnes and Noble, Friesen Press, Google, and Kindle.
1: Okay, uh, are you big into a blog or a website?
0: Well, I have a website, yes, and I blog every once every, try to blog once every week at least. Sometimes twice a week, and my my website is Donnyverse That's D O N N Y V E R S E dot com.
1: Are you retired or have a regular day job?
0: Well, i been, I was, for a long time was trying to get work, but I couldn't get any. And with the pandemic crisis the way that it is and my age, I just felt I just couldn't seek a regular employment anymore. And I'm just, so what I could do is, so, and I am on a pension right now for a disability.
1: Okay, now this novel is based on a short film that you mentioned earlier. Is that available on YouTube, The Last Atlantean from 2009? Or where can yeah, people the, see that?
0: The Last that? Atlantean, 2009.
1: Okay, where can that be uh, seen?
0: It can be seen on YouTube. Yep. And uh, it's on, and just type in the words, The Last Atlantean.
1: And it'll come right up in the Google search.:
0: It'll come up in the Google search. it'll come up in, on YouTube.. And, um, and, yep. I'm looking at YouTube. And I, and I made this film where the, where the thrust of the novel itself is more based on a very brief backstory in the short film.
1: I've also gone through your resume here, and you have a degree in general arts and science degree and broadcasting yeah. television before you wrote the book and a postgraduate uh, diploma in advanced filmmaking to go along with that resume uh, before the book. So that gave you quite a bit of training on that. Uh, yes. Let me see. Are you a member of any writing group up in Canada?
0: No. You know what? I I tend not to be a group person. I tend to be more like a a maverick. Okay. And I have I've joined I've been part of uh, the Canadian Office Association and the London Area Writers, but I found that in in many ways, if you're outside the box, you don't do well as a group person. And I don't and I don't I'm not knocking writers groups, but for some people. Some writers, they may not do that well with writers' groups.
1: Hmm. You're the first person that's ever said that on the author's hour. It's usually just the opposite. Interesting, very interesting. I wonder if that goes hand in hand with being a committed sci-fi writer.
0: Well, you know what? I'm committed because I find that for me, I can't. I find that I'm not able to do anything else these days. So unless something else comes along in some way that God sees fit, writing is my destiny.
1: I also noticed something else on that that caught my eye. I'm a big fan of country music. And it says one of your favorites is also one of my favorites, Johnny Cash. How did that marriage come apart?
0: Well... I'm more of an I have an eclectic blend of of uh of music musical taste along with that you'll I'm sure you saw that I'm a big big fan of the Moody Blues. Yeah.
1: Very underrated and the Beast group.
0: Boys. Yeah. Emerson Lake and Palmer, The Who. The, the Who are my favorite angry
1: angry mood group whenever I'm in, um, I feel angry I love the who <laughs> <laughs> and break a guitar on stage getting back to Johnny Cash you know we had a discussion here this morning about a special we're putting together uh, the IT guy here is a country music nut and uh, I was talking about uh, how underrated Tom T. Hall and KT Oslin and people like that and then it come up Johnny Cash and Johnny Cash if you look at what he did available to cross over from pop to country he he basically covers all the charts with his lyrics and his style and he was yeah. so unique to do that yes that there's not many artists that and like i always that. i
0: always found that for me Johnny Cash was Even though his forte was country, he literally was very much a musician and singer for the common person. He was the the voice of America. He he was the voice. The voice of America. Although you would get a lot of disagreement from the disco crowd, and he'd welcome that disagreement, because Johnny Cash was no disco guy. No. No.
1: (laughs) No, and he truly believed in what he did. He was almost, uh, I would consider, now that you think of it, uh, a manic depressive. He seemed to be so down with the struggle with the alcohol and the drugs so much of his life. And yet he had that burden of being married in such a musical rich family and community. He persevered. Mm -hmm. He, He just kept going. But his lyrics are timeless. They really are. And honest. The working man. You know
0: what? It was his Christian faith that sustained him throughout all that time. And even he admitted he was not a perfect guy. He admitted he was no angel. Now, I've often thought, what about Bing Crosby versus Johnny Cash? Who was the more American of the two?
1: Well, Johnny Cash definitely. And I
0: would say, if you want to argue that Bing Crosby was more American, I guess that puts someone in the upper crust on the 70th floor of some swanky hotel. America is there, but not most of America. Johnny Cash is more along the lines of most of America. The downtrodden, the poor class, what the British call the working class, and the middle class, and certain rich people. He was for America as a whole. And I've often thought that if he was to look at the world today... If he was able to do, if he was alive and could do that, if he would end up being like the la, the the last line of the uh, second verse of Folsom Prison Blues. He'd say he'd probably it'd probably be a case of I'd hang my head and cry.
1: Yep, exactly right. And he was honest; it was from the heart, and he conveyed that. Yes. He really did. Yep. I got I got to see him uh, with uh, Willie, uh, Waylon. Uh, the Horseman tour and all that that did years ago. Uh, Highwaymen. Yeah, the Highwaymen. I saw them up in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts live, and there was a couple of sections in that that Johnny he just sh- shut off the band and he just talked to the people, and he was doing like mm. a Q and A during it. I'd never seen that done by superstars either, but he was huh. your neighbor next door. He conveyed that over the stage.
0: Yeah, a neighbor, a friend, an uncle, in many ways a grandpa to many.
1: Yep, he will go and down you know in what? history as one of the greatest ever.
0: Yes, he will, and I'm sure that if he, if he doesn't, then all hell would have broken loose and every historical record we'd have would be lost.
1: It's amazing. Uh, Canadian uh, book here Ithiana Last daughter of Atlantis Uh, Book 1 How the World Ended Millennia Ago And uh, Two more coming out Is it going to be a trilogy You said A three book deal
0: Well I am It's not going to be a trilogy It's going to be a lot longer Than that
1: Wow You think you've got That much material
0: Rock and roller And run it Till the wheels come off
1: You've got that much material And ideas for characters
0: Yes. Ideal for characters, stories, plotline. In many ways, are you familiar at all with the old TV series Route 66?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Think of it as Route 66, only with a flying Dutch woman as a swimming Atlantean who swims across time at the behest of the Almighty, often personified in the as the Lion of Judah.
1: Pitching the book to the publisher did you go through some denials from other publishers
0: uh, i knew that i was going to uh, i was bound to be turned down by trad publishers so i decided when i heard about frozen press and how how they operate i thought well it's where they will work on, do things for me under contract now it's run in, into some money here but it would get the word out there about me and my storyline, and and I'm just doing what I can day by day to get this to get this story off the ground. And I am finishing up the second book in the series.
1: Okay, I'll sure I'll get that from the publicist on that. Uh, Heather will get that right up to me, definitely, and uh, we'll take a peek at that and get you on a future show on it, and. Uh, On the bookstores, I've got a question. You live up in Canada. Um, We had quite a few stores. You know, when borders uh, went belly up in the United States, and a lot of independent stores took a big, big hit from Amazon going into it full bore. And then we had a a rebound of independent bookstores in the last four years have a resurgence back in the country. Now – Amazon has decided to close their brick and mortar bookstores that they experimented with in the United States. Uh, the first one in Seattle, and then a couple over here in nearby Massachusetts. They announced that they are out of the brick and mortar bookstore and going online exclusively. And how is the market on book selling in Canada? What have been the big changes in Canada that you've seen?
0: Well, because the lockdowns have actually been tightened rather than loosened in some parts of the United States and parts of much of the rest of the world, the lockdown measures have been loosened. In some parts of the world, they've actually lifted vaccine passports and other restrictions. But in Canada, there's an increasing clamping down because our prime minister just doesn't want to let go of power. Interesting. I know his dad. And I you know. have the current prime minister personified as one of kind of a surrogate version of him in the book. But as you know, when the, as you know it, the, the, from the title, How the World Ended Millennia Ago, you kind of know what's going to happen. But it's all in the context of Noah's flood. And let's just say the world was increasingly violent in Noah's time. And so I decided to have nationalist movements distilled into into what I call the free Atlantis movement or the freebies as they're nicknamed. And the trouble is, you push the people far enough, they're liable to do anything.
1: I can see that undercurrent right now in the United States.
0: You yes, can, you, and it's uh, boiling right I now. even had my, I even have my freebies dressed in camouflage type hoods and robes. So Picture your Klansman's outfit.
1: You're not a big fan of Justin uh, Trudeau?
0: Uh, no, and right now you name the politician. I'm not enamored with any politician on either side of the spectrum either. Uh-huh. Not the centrist, not the those on the left, those on the right. I'd say I have to take a I have to take the attitude of a, of somebody from Missouri and in terms of my spirit I call myself a Missourian Canadian. In other words <laughs> they gotta prove it.
1: <laughs> I was a friend of his dad, Pierre Trudeau, and uh, in nineteen eighty seven yeah. I entered a lottery up there on Games Away Tours up in Quebec, up there to see uh, a couple of Bruins events in the National Hockey League and stuff like that. So I entered this lottery uh, for uh, Rendezvous 87 when the uh, Russians came over for the series, and I actually won it. And uh, he called me, and we went up there, and uh, I will say I knew his father. I talked to him, and I met him over at the uh, Frontenac Hotel, and uh, he was very gracious. And I don't think his son is—he doesn't have one pot of that guy's bloodline. There are two different yes, people.
0: You know what? They're two different people. Yes. Aside from rumors about his parentage, his physical parentage—that is—Trudeau knew how to handle himself, and he also had one guy in his that his peer Trudeau could knew how to handle himself, and he had someone in his. Corner his cabinet, who kind of was a kind of the guy who could say, "Wait a minute, here, Pierre." And that man was a, 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 the agricultural minister named Eugene Whalen. Sounds
1: That's like the, another book.
0: And, <laughs> yes, and and well, lots of lot of books have been written, so I tend to go where nobody else goes. Very few people are gone, and, and even then, taking my own trail. But one thing I can say about Justin is a a leader who constantly ducks out when things are, when the going gets tough. You know the old saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going? Yeah, he got going all right. Yeah, Justin, yeah, well, Justin Trudeau, he gets going away.
1: That convoy up there with the trailer trucks that happened up in Canada. You know, I've driven four million miles without a chargeable accident in my career. That was my first book and i yeah. sympathize with those truck drivers and what's happening with the diesel and all these other restrictions and that and he had yeah. the perfect opportunity to bring everybody together and the guy went silent and invisible yes and
0: and the same things happening with the with the biker convoys that is uh, legitimate bikers yep I'm not talking about Hell's Angels or anything like that. I'm talking about legitimate biker concerns. You know, the the good guy bikers, the good gal bikers, yep. the ones that they had that sort of convoy now, so the pressure is being stepped up. And and I would say I don't know what's going to happen next, but I've been, act, as a, as a god fearing born-again Christian guy, I have been praying for some sort of miracle that something happens where those that will not bow down to Trudeau finally see freedom. Whether Trudeau himself is forced out either by conscience or by something, I won't get into any, what other, other means there, would, there that have to take place. Or where he makes like the Pharaoh did with the Israelites in the book of Exodus and tells us to get out. Interesting. All I hope for is that there are other nations willing to take Canadian refugees in that case.
1: It sounds like to me you should be writing a book on Canadian politics right now and what actually Uh-oh. is happening up there. Because I'd like to see what well,
0: that is on. Well, in a sense, it's beyond the last start of Atlantis is in part about Canadian politics and my lamenting of former Prime Minister Stephen Harper being defeated by... Justin Trudeau in in the 2015 election.
1: Thank you very much for bringing that out. I thought that was the underlying thing but I wanted it to come out of you.
0: Yes, and you know what? I had to say this and there's a lot I said in that book and the more you read it, the more you'll find in it regarding political violence where coup d'etat happened. And if you read the if you read chapter three, you'll find about how Lemuria went back to a to a martial law dictatorship and using using lights where they, where they used bottle bombs like we call today we call them Molotov cocktails, right right and using light swords that aren't quite like the lightsabers in Star Wars. They can be used like that, but they can also use as ray guns. And when the power is off, use them as hard swords. Or, and using attack dragons instead of attack dogs. Right. right. You know how the police use attack dogs sometimes during riots?
1: Yeah, they're trying to ban them because they uh, think it's picking on uh, certain nationalities.
0: Yeah, well, think about attack dragons the size of wolves. Yep. That's pretty scary, and would be fit would be fitting a fantasy story with a modern ring to it, and also electrified clubs like nightsticks with elect, that you can use deal with electric shocks. Oh, I borrowed from a lot of sources when I made this when no. I wrote this book. The flood of the, the Genesis story of the flood, also when worlds collide. The gas gun and from the Green Hornet, the, the electrified clubs from Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. I go on and on, a Wayne, but you can see that when someone borrows from many sources, it's not plagiarism, it's research. Right.
1: The name of the book is Ithiana, The Last Daughter of Atlantis by Don Edward Cook. Available on his website and all of our normal sources that we have available to us. I want to thank you very much for coming on and get me a copy of that book number two.
0: No problem. When it's done, you'll be among the first to know.
1: Thank you very much. And remember, tomorrow, have the best day of your life.
0: And thank you very much. Thanks for having me on again today.
1: Okay, bye-bye. Bye. That concludes that part of the show. And that's brought to you by Cereos Rama and Restaurant. Also got the help wanted ad out right now, too. If you are an experienced server, you know, a male or female, apply in person to Cereos. They've expanded hours now in Rhode Island, and they're adding on more and more breakfast hours. Uh, Tuesday through Friday, 7 to 11. Saturday, 7.30 to 1. And Sunday, 8 to 1. And then lunch, and then uh, the supper crowd, the dinner crowd and uh also today is tuesday and that means the large cheese pizza 15 slices only seven dollars every tuesday at cereals Rama and restaurant along with that fantastic sunday dinner for two your choice of six to ten entrees including soda and coffee including decaf and then a homemade dessert also, if you would like to stay home and watch some hockey games or basketball, uh, they haven't lost an order yet. And you can get that order delivered by calling 401-568-7187. and Restaurant at the Bridgeton Triangle for over 52 years. We also got uh word poetry event set for May 22nd. And that's coming up at the uh, Plaza over at 60 Douglas Road in Whitensville, Mass., from 2 to 4 p.m. The Center Theater right there, if it rains. An affiliation of Regional Poets will be at the Whitensville location. And then also later in the year, uh, the rest of the series will be held over at the iconic Roseland Park over in Woodstock, Connecticut. And uh, what a group that is, the second year of our operation, and it's just growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, first one's over in Whitensville, and then the rest of it will be from 2 to 4 p.m. at Roseland Park, and that's going to be in June, July, and September. And then they've added on to an October reading of poetry, a word poetry event set by Poets at Large. That thing is really growing by leaps and bounds. Transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks today. And all of our beautiful hairstyles by Worcester Hair Company and Little General Stores. Uh, there's one in your neighborhood to roll open eight days a week. Money orders, gift cards, and propane exchange at most locations. And also, sponsor Recipe for a Good Day right here on Smoker 99.9 FM wnri every wednesday at nine with jeff and chef gary mclaughlin now the specials that are in the call every monday and on their fantastic website uh go on the website and check off that you uh with your email and you'll get a notification every monday of the little general specials right at your computer and uh, roger's favorite baloney on sale right now at 2.99 a pound cooked salami 389 a pound and chicken leg quarters only 99 cents a pound no limit right now at little general stores seacock speedway had a great show sunday we see some fantastic uh, high school baseball and uh Travel teams with the under-12 unit up there in Thompson this weekend. And the same thing happens every big event. Every time you see a crowd, the enthusiasm's going. And everybody gets a little hyper. And every once in a while, you make a mistake and lock your keys and your key fob in the car. Now, I give you enough time to uh, come in with a segue on this for Larry's 24-hour towing. Lockout service, jump-starting service, uh moving an unregistered vehicle. Just give them the location. And you can also schedule a Rhode Island vehicle state inspection at one phone number, 401-568-6286. Also, used auto and truck sales. Vehicle state inspections we've already mentioned. It's Peter... Brian, Kerry, what a crew. And also right now, expert bodywork and insurance estimates that work with all Rhode Island companies on that at Boroughville Motor Sales, Larry's 24-hour towing, and schedule that vehicle state inspection by calling 401-568-6286. That is one heck of a book that we reviewed today. Touched on a few things. I wanted him to admit there was something political with the Trudeau's in that. As I was reading more and more of it, I didn't want to, uh, you know, take it away from him. I wanted him to uh, realize that I caught on to that. But it's really something. And uh, we're also an affiliate now with my dot com. Uh, you'll see in the bottom of my webpage on that, we're an affiliate now with Chelsea Green Publishing. So any of the purchases you can get right through that and it'll, uh, click off on my link also. Uh, we also got some exciting news too. The, uh, guy, Natalie, the wine guy, is reinstituting the lively literati. They just had a, a great event down there on a Sunday night. A nice record crowd, over 30 people showed up for it. And uh, we're going to be working the uh, Main Street Hotel in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, on a few Sunday nights now. And uh, that seems to work out well. The other uh, days we had that before was on a Wednesday night. But uh, it seemed to click very, very good, this last one, which is also a version of Facebook Live on that. We're also supplying authors every Saturday morning. Uh, starting May 22nd at the Situate Farmers Market uh, on a revolving basis, a different author every week uh, supplied by the Association of Rhode Island Authors. Uh, we'll also have another large group at the uh, Comic-Con in Providence. And I was looking at that the other day. We got the eight tables rented on that. And I think we're going to have 14 sci-fi authors down that how that's growing leaps and bounds and the tampa bay comic-con we have the invitation for that too and uh, that's going to be july 30th to august 1st in tampa bay florida we'll be sending some people down for that uh loof over at uh Let's see, that would be uh, by Crescent Park here in Rhode Island, right along the uh, Narragansett Bay. The date has been set for that, August 14th. Now, that is not an Association of Rhode Island author event. You have to apply for that through their website and Facebook, the LOOF. But uh, in past years, our authors have done very, very well there. And then we've got the uh, Sitchwood Art Festival coming up, the Barovol Arts Festival, and uh, so many other events around. As the pandemic and the virus dissipates, the numbers keep going down. So uh, more and more places now are adding on, uh, you know, more and more events. And we're also working, too, on our very first Academy Education Sessions. Tabitha's heading up that for us through ARIA. And uh, we'll have uh, training lessons and stuff right online by the Association of Rhode Island Authors. Also, we're dueling our meetings now. And what I mean, they're virtual and in person at the Shepherd of the Valley at Seven Mile Road in Hope. And uh, we just had one uh, next one coming up. Let me see here. That would be the second Thursday of the month. You have your choice on that, either virtual Zoom or in live person. And that seems to be working out very, very well. Bookletters Gourmet is on vacation this week, so I'm going to skip her ad on that. But we did add on a replacement for that to fill the slot and bullseye shooting supplies right over here at 837 Park Avenue. Over 40 years, Paul Connolly and his fantastic staff. You know, there was a tremendous shortage last year on a lot of ammo. Well, you know, Paul, over 40 years experience, he knows who has the products and who doesn't. And he filled up the shelves with 1,000 round containers of 9 millimeter and point he He's got a huge, fantastic sale going on right now. He had a new batch of rifles delivered last week, too. Uh, scopes, knives, like about anything in black powder. All of your supplies and all that expertise on the counter at Bullseye Shooting Supplies. And don't forget... Gift certificates can be used anytime if you're unsure on the purchase at Bullseye Shooting Supplies, right here at 837 Park Avenue, 401-766-4409. They're open right now. Open at 930 in the morning. Uh, they are closed Sunday on that. Paul's usually over at the uh, Manville Sportsman Club doing some shooting over there. Very, very active member. If you've got a particular author or publisher or an illustrator you'd like to have interviewed on the author's hour, uh, contact me at wayne, WNRI, at yahoo.com. And we also have a local author's fair coming up. You apply uh, over the line at the Exeter Public Library. And they're inviting all ARIA members to participate. The date on that is Saturday, June 18th, from 10 to 2 p.m., rain or shine. And this one is a free event for the authors. But the authors must bring their own tent, chairs, and a table for each 10 by 10 space. Okay? And uh, that's 773 Tenrod Road on Exeter, Rhode Island, 02822. Uh, The Exeter Public Library. We got one other one in here. And I'm looking for it right now. And it is... Let me see. I got some of these all programmed in here. And here it is right here association of rhode island authors anyone can join the association of rhode island association of authors but you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from a membership in addition your membership fee helps support all rhode island's most talented writers benefits of being an ara membership include networking with dozen of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always. Held on the second Thursday of the month, presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues, advance notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold, a reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link in IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www riauthors.org I I did We have uh, a big event this Saturday by one of our primary sponsors for the Authors Hour and uh, the Renaissance and the really, really explosion big of comic books and when you're talking about a destination company, a Green Dragon Comics and Collectibles, we are at the dragon is the slogan. You cannot miss it. A big inflatable dragon at the intersection of Route 100 and 102. And Saturday is the big day. F-R-E-E. Free comic books this Saturday. At Green Dragon Comics and Gift Shop. It's an annual event by the manufacturers. Uh, It slowed down a little bit with the virus. But now it's all reinstituted. Uh, The deliveries are coming in every day. If you are into Magic the Gathering, Fortnite, comic books, electronic games, it's Green Dragon Comics and Gift Shop. Check it out on social media and on Facebook. She's very astute on that. And she's a master of social media with deals and events, uh, sealed events, dual events. You geeks out there know what I'm talking about. Get your laptop ready and start creating. Green Dragon Comics and Gift Shop, intersection of Route 100 and 102 and Chapacha, Rhode Island, left-hand side of the bank. And that's 401-949-2076. And we'll see you Saturday with my grandkids getting some nice books over there. Free comic books every single first Saturday of May. The other thing that's happening, the phenomenon with real estate, flipping real estate, doesn't make any difference what state you're in. I should have asked our guests how it was going on up in Canada this morning. But we have a startup company that's reacted to it. That's going to be a big plus for all real estate agents. Make sure when you put your house on the market, you're prepared. It can sell within the first 24 hours. Falcon Properties Preservation Group, and that's owner Timothy Falcon, moving all types of cleanouts. They specialize in estate cleanouts. Junk in your yard or your shed, they'll remove that too. They're real estate cleanout specialists with a little twist. It'll save you some money from the competition. They use tilt-body trucks that eliminates one transportation call, you know, putting a container down and coming back. They do it all in one shot with tilt-body dump trucks at Falcon Properties Preservation Group. Timothy Falcon, what a great idea. It's growing by leaps and bounds. 401-205-5786. And he is accepting new uh, business from real estate agents right now. Give him a call. We have 42 books at the house that have been mailed in and dropped off uh, for future episodes of the Author's Hour. Uh, We had planned a second one today on children, and uh, that one had a medical emergency, too. So we'll get back to the two books again starting next Tuesday. Uh, little Phil, it's 9.57 on now, and I got an email from John. He says, what are some of the hottest nonfiction books out there right now? Uh, Barbarian Days by William Finnegan is really climbing up. It moved up six notches this past week. i he got one here, The Dawn of Everything, A New History of Humanity by David Greiber, G-R-A-E-B-E-R, And that's got uh, four stars on the side of it, right from the publisher uh, is telling me to uh, get a copy and get them on the show. So that one is really gaining some traction, too. Uh, Another hot one that I noticed the other day, and I got an advance on it, a little description, a synopsis of the book. The Lost City of the Monkey God by Douglas Preston. And... uh, Mark my words on it. That is going to be a blockbuster book in 2022. There's so many. Uh, Why I say that is with the explosion of uh, self-publishing, so many options the authors have today. And uh, so many people have a book in their head or a memoir or a biography that they want to get out and pass on to grandchildren and stuff. Last year, there was over 980,000 new labels, new books that went on the market in one year. Decide what genre you want to go into. Do as much research as you can on what's selling and what's not. And then see what all the many options are available to you. There's an awful lot available on the computer. All by sending us a note. At Wayne W-N-R-I, at Yahoo.com.